everybody knows that this week is too bad off. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> too bad off. It is the 15th day of the month of Av. And what it is in Israeli culture, not commanded in scripture, is it's a celebration of romantic love. Not quite Valentine's Day, but you sort of get the idea. It's actually very ancient. You all remember the story of the Benjaminite Civil War. The tribe of Benjamin in the Book of Judges got crosswise with the rest of the nation, and the rest of the nation jumped on them like ducks on a June bug and wiped them out except for a small remnant. And one of the things that they did is they said, we vow that none of us will give our daughters to any man of Benjamin for a wife. And then when they'd almost wiped them out, they said, oh, well, it's not right that the nation Israel should be short one tribe. But they don't got any woman. What are we going to do? So they found a city that didn't participate in the war. And one of the things that happened was the maidens in the city came out to dance in a field. And they said, all right, Benjamin, the rest of you guys go out and scarf up some of them women and take them for wives. And they did. The people in the city complained and the rest of Israel said, well, you should have come and joined us in the war and taken a vow. But anyway, so one of the things that happens during Tubeav is the young maidens dress in white and they go out and they dance in the fields. It's one of the things that happens. It's sort of a place where young men can go shopping for young women. So I read an article by a guy named Finney Dunner. I have no idea who he is. He's a rabbi in California somewhere. And he was talking about Tubeav. And by the way, for those of you who want to put on white and dance in the field, According to our calendar, Tubeav starts Sunday night. According to the rabbinic calendar, it's today. So you've missed it for today, but if you want to catch up, you can go dance in the field on Monday. So anyway, Rabbi Finney, I was actually going to talk to you about tithing today, but this guy's article just changed my whole perspective. So I wanted to talk about it. His comment was, Romantic love is not necessary for the propagation of the species. Animals do it. There's all sorts of reasons for breeding, and romantic love doesn't have to be one of them. But God gave us romantic love for a reason. And the reason is it becomes a model for our relationship with God. For example, God gives us families. And then God calls himself a father. So the idea is a good family should model your relationship with your heavenly father. Similarly, romantic love within a family should model your relationship with God. And I will quote from Deuteronomy, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So the relationship that God wants to have with us is a loving relationship, which the relationship within a family between a man and a woman is intended to model so that we have some idea what he's looking for.
one of the things in the song that you guys led off with, just by coincidence, which is not a kosher word, the way to your glory fall, one of the verses in there is we do not seek your hand, we only seek your face. So the idea here is our relationship with you is not a function of what you give us. It's a function of a love between God and us. So the article was very good. As I say, I've never heard of that guy before in my life. May never see him again, but it just came through one of my fees as I was trying to figure out what to talk about. So that should lead you right to tithing, right? It does, as a matter of fact. I have actually never talked to you about tithing. My wife says you talk about it all the time. And actually I haven't. What I've talked to you about is generosity. One of the things that I have said in the context of generosity is the tithe isn't an example of that. So yeah, I've mentioned tithing, but I've never really talked about tithing per se. There are four concepts. You have the tithe, you have first fruits, you have offerings, and you have charity. To use my favorite phrase, you can tell they're different, they're spelled differently. Completely different concepts. And if you confuse those concepts, you miss a whole lot. And I'll give you a scripture, Deuteronomy 12. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go and you shall bring your burnt offerings your sacrifices, your tithes, and the contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. All of that stuff. And those are all different. So what I want to do is I want to talk about those concepts, tithes, first fruits, and offerings, in the context of romantic love. And I want to talk about it in the context of a marriage and I'm going to talk about it from a guy's point of view because I'm a guy you ladies will just have to adjust so in a family and in fact that's what's in a ketubah the husband goes out and works and brings substance to support his family that's the tithe that's basic that's the thing that is basic to maintaining the family. It's basic to maintaining the relationship. Not done out of generosity per se, it's done out of love. The man loves his family and he goes out and works for them and he brings his substance back and sustains his family with it. So what the tithe is in this context, the substance that you earn and you are giving it to God to maintain a relationship. Just basic. And it's commanded, by the way. It's not generosity. It's not something that is, oh, wow, I'm feeling really good, so I'm going to do a tithe this week. No, it's basic. It's commanded. And one of the things that God says, again in Deuteronomy 8, verse 17, Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. In other words, there are pathological marriages 
where the husband goes out and earns it and brings it back and the old comment was I'm going to throw all my money up in the air and everything that sticks to the ceiling is yours babe the rest is mine that's pathological that's not good the whole point of the tithe or wages if you will is to maintain this relationship within which you have a romantic relationship now the next one is first fruits and either the first of your flocks and herds or the first of your crop and what that does is it expresses trust so when you bring the first fruits and present it to God what you are doing is you are saying I am trusting you in this loving relationship I'm bringing the first and I'm counting on you to make sure the rest of the crop that my flocks and herds continue to produce all of those things I'm trusting in you and this is a romantic relationship between us and God our Father very much what again in a good marriage a husband and wife will say I am trusting you that's what the first fruits are and then an offering offering are roses on an anniversary so what happens with an offering, and I'm not talking about a sin offering, I'm talking about a, a toda or a shelamim, you know, the voluntary or a burnt offering. And what that is, is roses on an anniversary. That is just roses for no reason. And again, what it is, is an expression of love between you and God. Romantic love. And by the way, sin offerings is when you forgot roses on your anniversary. <laughs> I'm just saying. So all of these things that we give are in the context of a romantic relationship that God wants to have with us. The tithe, first off. One of the things about the tithe in Leviticus, tithe is interesting. And every tithe of the herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord one shall not differentiate between good or bad neither shall he make a substitute for it and if he does substitute for it both it and the substitute shall be holy it shall not be redeemed in other words the tithe is mechanical you line your sheep up you run them through there and every tenth one that's part of the tithe you don't go through and cherry pick the best ones this is mechanical this is the daily, weekly, monthly, whatever your paycheck is that comes home to buy groceries and pay the rent and it's basic maintenance. Nothing special about it. And when you get to first fruits, again, there's nothing special about it. In the case of animals, it's the first animal that comes out of a female. That one is dedicated to God doesn't matter whether it's lame, blind, anything. It is the first and that one's holy. Period. It's mechanical. So tithes and first fruits are not selected specially for quality or anything else. Offerings, roses and an anniversary. There you go out and you pick the good ones. There you make sure that your offering is the best. There you make sure that the animals are without blemish 
there you make sure that you're bringing to your lover fresh roses. That's an offering. Everybody see the difference there? Now, charity is completely different. Charity is what you do for someone else out of a full and overflowing heart. It is completely separate from the tithe. It is completely separate from first fruits. It is not an offering. It is something that you, because you have a full and overflowing heart, are moved to give to someone else, usually in response to a need. Not always. I mean, you can give charity just sort of in general, you know, send it off. So what do you do with the tithe? In biblical times, the tithe, Numbers 18, for the tithe of the people of Israel, which they present as a contribution to the Lord. So who's the tithe given to? The Lord. I have given, God, I have given to the Levites for an inheritance. Therefore I have said of them, that they shall have no inheritance among the people of Israel. So the tithe goes to God. God says, wow, thank you. Levites, here, I'm giving it to you for sustenance. So the fact that the Levites aren't doing anything in the temple anymore has no effect whatsoever on the tithe. Sadly, you will find members of the body of Christ who say, well, the law is done away with, there is no more temple, so the tithe is done away with. That's baloney. That's not true. Because the tithe is a relationship of love between you and God. And what God then chooses to do with that tithe is none of your business. Again, you bring home your wages into a family, and your wife then decides that she wants to go out and buy new underwear. That's pretty much none of your business. That's part of the relationship. It's basic to maintaining the family. And she has discretion to go buy underwear or a new pair of shoes or whatever she needs. That's not your problem. Similarly, when you bring the tithe into God and you offer it up to God, what God then chooses to do with it is none of your business. So in biblical times, when the temple was a going outfit, He used it to sustain the Levites. So the question then becomes, what do you do with your tithe today? I will offer a suggestion. Now, you all know that nobody here gets paid, so you don't have to worry about me needing to make a boat payment. What you do with your tithe, that basic first 10%, is you find something that is contributing to the kingdom of God and you support it. What you do with that is up to you. You get to decide where it goes. You get to decide what it's used for. But what I will say to you is the 10% is basic, and it should be given to something that is furthering the kingdom of God. Same thing with first fruits. We don't have a Levitical structure up and operational right now, So find something that is contributing to the kingdom of God and support it with your first fruits. 
and then offerings, you know, roses on an anniversary, when something really good happens in your life and you are just filled with gratitude toward God, find something that advances the kingdom and give to it. Nothing else. You can send a dozen roses to a pregnancy center. But get the concept. Now, that's over and above and on top of charity. You still should be charitable, which means that as people have needs around you, you should reach out and help them and support them. You can do that organizationally. Somebody like, for example, the Salvation Army, or we give to Bethel and Israel because we trust them. So, there are some pathologies, things that can go wrong. The first one is, as I say, when a preacher talks to you about tithing, people sort of reflexively grab their wallet and wonder if the guy's got a boat payment due. Be assured, I don't. As I say, I don't get a salary here, so I'm talking to you straight. So that's one pathology. Suspicion, if you will that people are just out to fleece you. And the next one is this idea of I earned it, I deserve it, it's mine. And that's the thing that's spoken about in Deuteronomy where God says beware lest you think that way. Because what will happen is you will lose this romantic connection that God wants to have with you And when that happens, you will then stray after other gods, and you will eventually be cast out of the land. That's where it starts. It starts with giving your substance. And if you stop doing that because you think, I earned it, I worked for it, I get to do whatever I want to with it, then you put your feet on a road that is eventually going to lead to Nebuchadnezzar. And then the other one is... Storehouse tithing, and that's in Malachi 3. And you all have had preachers forever preach to you out of Malachi 3. And just to remind you of Malachi 3, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that I will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine and the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. That's what's called storehouse tithing. And as I say... Preachers forever and ever have loved that passage of Scripture. And what it says is, it is enlightened self-interest for you to tithe, because if you tithe, they're going to get your socks blessed off. Well, I heard that. I will suggest that that's sort of akin to going into a singles bar and saying, yeah, we both know why I'm buying you a drink, babe. You young people may not understand that. Or alternatively, in a rocky marriage, if I don't bring home a paycheck, she may divorce me. That's what Malachi 3 is like. And Malachi 3 is written in the context of a dysfunctional relationship between Israel and God. 
That's not the way it's intended to be. Yes, it works. It absolutely works. But you've missed the whole point. The point here is this should be a romantic relationship, a loving relationship between you and God. And if you're just buying her a drink because, well, this is a transaction and I buy the drink and, you know, or I'm only bringing this in to keep you from divorcing me. That's a pathological relationship. That's not the relationship God wants. And as I say, preachers use it because it's true. It does work. If you do tithe, then God blesses. There's no question about that. But that's not why you want to tithe. Why you want to tithe is because you want this personal, intimate relationship with God. And the way I would describe it is if a marriage doesn't touch your wallet, it is not a marriage in truth. It is something else. The whole point of a romantic relationship is you come together and what I have is yours and what you have is mine. And if you start looking at it in a bean-counting way and as a transactional kind of a thing, you miss the point. Yeah, God will still bless you. Yeah, it works. But that's not the object of the exercise. The object of the exercise is this close, intimate relationship between you and your Heavenly Father. And one of Kay's favorite songs is Dance With Me, O Lover of My Soul. Oh, are you singing that one today too? Oh, wow. <laughs> Two songs that both play off of this. And the point is the relationship that he wants to have with you is intimate. Love God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with all of your substance. That's what he wants. And one of the things that keeps that connected is tithes and offerings. And if you look at those in the context that I've tried to present them, it'll change your whole attitude toward everything. This thing on Tubeoff just sort of randomly came across one of my feeds as I was getting ready to do a sermon on tithing. Completely changed my orientation. And I will suggest that it ought to change yours. Because God wants an intimate, romantic relationship with you.